today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. You know, this time of the year, uh, we're normally having the great people in from Living Rock to talk about Soup Fest. And uh, for years, man, we've been uh, going down to the convention center in Leuna before that and and uh, experiencing this incredible, incredible fundraiser, which uh, uh, has just been a, a massive event for Living Rock and one that uh, has certainly captured uh, the hearts of, of many Hamiltonians every year. Uh, so what does it mean for Soup Fest 2021 when we're in the middle of a global pandemic let's bring in julie conway operations director for living rock and is with us now julie thanks for the time hope you're well hi scott thanks for having us so how does how does a global pandemic change soup fest well i guess gathering together with a couple thousand people is yeah not possible this year yeah um but yeah we just really feel like coming alongside the restaurants that have supported us now for uh 18 years this will be our 19th year uh, we just feel like we need to be supporting them this year. So as much as possible, uh, we would love to see our community visit all the different participating uh, restaurants throughout uh, the time of January 29th to February 15th and purchase soup, but hopefully purchase other things too. And that would just be a great way to support Living Rock and supporting local. So we remember the whole idea behind uh, Soup Fest was, you know, you, you all go into the convention center. There's uh, a bazillion restaurants that have their little displays set up, and they're they're all competing. This is a competition mm-hmm. for the best soup. The crowd gets to judge. The celebrity judges uh, also in there uh, in various categories and such. And I just remember the smell of the place. You walk in. And, and there's all these different restaurants and, and their specialty soup and such. And, and basically, you purchase tickets and you go around and, and sample. So how is this going to work this year? How are we? How do you get people out to the soups and vice versa? Right. So we have 19 participating restaurants, and all the information is up on our website at livingrock.ca forward slash soupfest. And each restaurant has a signature soup available from January 29th through February 15th. It might be hot and ready in a bowl, or it might be frozen or um, ready to be heaten up um, by the liter or two liters. And each of the restaurants will be donating a portion uh, per item sold. So it might be a dollar uh, per liter. Uh, we really wanted to see them retain as many of the proceeds as possible this year. So while it is a fundraiser, we're really also wanting to support the restaurants. And there's an opportunity to vote. So uh, through our our website platform there'll be an opportunity to vote for your your soups and you can vote for best soup most creative soup and tastiest heart smart and so every time you purchase a soup from one of the participants you'll get a card of how to vote and we'll be announcing the winners um, after february 15th so instead of walking around the convention center and seeing all of these these restaurants are still doing this but you have to do it via like a curbside pickup sort of thing Yes, a lot of them are doing curbside. Some have like Uber Eats and DoorDash and all the other platforms. Some also have ordering online where they have their own delivery set up. So um, before the event starts on January 28th, we're going to post how, where, and when you can get each of the uh, signature suits from all the participants. And you can sort of map out your uh, two-week travel and try as many suits as possible. And I know that um, our tasting panel from last year, although although they're not formally judging this year, they've got a commitment to try as many of the soups as possible. And uh, Diane from the spec, she's a food writer. She's also going to be um, sharing her thoughts and sharing about the winners as well. So 
it's a great chance to just uh, highlight the culinary skills in our community and get everybody out and have something to look forward to during uh, the midst of this pandemic winter and uh, again support local is the theme wow you know you guys have really made the best of a bad situation here because uh again it's still going on it's just uh you're dealing specifically with the individual restaurant which that could be a bonus for them because people might look at other stuff other than just soup at the restaurant well that's the hope for sure yeah and and what was the response like to get restaurants on board this this time out quite uh i mean for those who are participating, it was really easy to get on board, but there are many others that we would have liked to have seen, and um, they're just not sure if we'll even be here next week. I mean, every right, day yeah. is a day-by-day situation for them. So um, if you're able and you've got the finances available to you know, eat out once a week, that would be a great way to support our local economy and our small businesses, because I know it is so difficult for so many of them. I think they're just barely hanging on, and apart from some of the government subsidies, I mean, doors will be closing so we really need to stand with our local businesses as much as possible uh obviously uh, local businesses and, and restaurants hurting but this is a massive fundraiser for living rock so uh, how how bad does this hurt you guys when it comes to fulfilling your needs in the programs you do right so this financially won't have the same outcome as previous years and we knew that going into it um and we're okay with that we have been really supported by uh, the city and United Way, Hamilton Community Foundation for a pandemic response. Uh, response. Uh, but we know in this fundraising endeavor, it's probably going to be 25% of what we'd normally take back. Uh, but again, with the pandemic response and funding, we've been able to get some support that way. And so for the restaurants who don't have that kind of backup, we really would like to see that supported. And then the money that we do raise, of course, will have direct impact in the programs for supporting vulnerable youth in our community. How has COVID-19 and, and this pandemic hampered your programs and, and what you do at Living Rock? Have you been able to keep things relatively normal? You know, what we did right from the beginning was we sandwiched all of our programs between a window of 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., knowing that uh, our team would be smaller. If the team got sick, um, you know, it would impact the number of people working on that team. So we kind of squished all of our operations in that window, and we offer breakfast, lunch um, on weekends. We offer dinner uh, seven days a week as well. We have a drop-in from one to four where you can get shower, access to clothing and hygiene products. And so we've actually ramped up some of our support uh, thanks to the pandemic uh, funding. And most recently, we received uh, funding to purchase a minivan that allows us to bring uh, groceries to shut-in people. So what we've seen is actually the most vulnerable youth in our community uh, really, really struggling. And the youth that would come here uh, for food and supports uh, and community, um, you know, we're yeah, they're just accessing in a different way. So we're seeing definitely an increase of substance uh, use concerns and mental health concerns and people kind of falling through the cracks that way. And it's just really, really sad. So we're privileged to be here where we can be and um, we're thankful for the supports that have made that possible and what about next year have you even thought about that what you know if you'll be able to next year hopefully things will be will be out of the woods by by then but have you have you given any thought to to next year or just trying to get through this one yeah we're just going to try and get through this one we don't know how normal our world will be or if it'll be a new normal so um picturing you know a group of thousands of people coming together. I mean, that's something we can be hoping for, but 
I just don't know. I don't know where it'll be with the vaccine rollout and herd immunity. So um, time, I guess, will tell. And either way, we'll have a virtual soup fest or one, you know, that will be at the convention center again. So time will tell. And again, you know, uh, some people uh, during this time, they, they forget about uh, these organizations that do such great work. And I mean, uh, obviously, you are being hit just like every other uh, facet of, of, of life has been uh, hit. And in more so, there's more demand on these services now, isn't there? Well, I, I would say that demand has shifted. Uh, the most vulnerable, there's been an increased demand there. And then youth who... Um, would come for the sense of community and like food would be a secondary need. A lot of them are just choosing to stay home. You know, there's a lot of anxiety about coming out in the midst of a pandemic. And so uh, some are just looking to connect virtually and looking for kind of grocery drop off. So yeah, the increase in anxiety and accessing care for some uh, has been a problem. And uh, for those of you who have really nowhere else to go, uh, this has been a lifeline. And that will continue to be an issue even after we get vaccination and such. This is going to have some long-term effect on people, isn't it? It has, and I think it's also shifted on how people do everyday life, and we're seeing that in new trends and how youth are accessing and uh, receiving support, and we're just trying to adapt as everybody else is, and um, having support really makes that possible to pivot and um just to go wherever the need is and however the response needs to happen. Uh, So we're grateful for that. And once again, give us all the logistics around this year's edition of Soup Fest. Okay, you have amazing restaurants to choose from. Can I list them all? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) 19 restaurants, Burnt Tongue, Brock's House, uh, Chef Nina's Creative Kitchen, 4 Kelsey's Roadhouse at Red Hill and also Winona Crossing, Maria's Hortas, Mosaic, Beer Bar, Nellie James, Paramount Fine Foods, Red Door Cucina, uh, RBG Gardens, they have a Greenhouse Cafe, Synonym, State and Maine, Uncle Ray's, Stuff, Taylor's Tea Room and Dundas, Thirsty Cactus, West Plains Bistro. And thanks to our amazing media sponsors um, at Chorus Radio. Thank you so much for your support. And Grasso Hooper Law, who's been our platinum sponsor now for 19 years. Thank you so much. This is our 19th annual Soup Fest. And, you know, it has just been, I, I remember talking to, to Karen and Al Craig about this when it all started. I mean, nobody ever thought that this uh, event would take off the way that it did. And here's hoping that, you know, once having a, a year with an abbreviated version that come next year, uh, there'll be lots banging down the door to uh, to get in. Is there a website we can go to, Julie, to find out more about all of this? Absolutely. www.livingrock.ca forward slash soupfest, or you can just Google, Google soupfest. And there's just never been a tastier way to support local. So we thank you in advance for your support. And it's been a privilege to come on and share with you today. Julie, good luck with all of this. Uh, Again, a phenomenal event. And it's great to see that you have found some way uh, to make it happen and and certainly highlight the great restaurants that uh, have supported this great cause over the year. Once again, Soup Fest, uh, a different version of it this year, uh, going on through January 29th until February 15th. And uh, instead of instead of meeting everybody all in one place, you actually get to uh, see what the individual restaurant is all about beyond their soup. Julie, thanks so much for the time. Good luck with it this year. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye.
Julie Conway, Operations Director at Living Rock, and of course, uh, 19th edition of Soup Fest. Continuing this year, it will go on, uh, just looking a little different, like always, uh, than it has in the past, and promising to come back next year bigger and better than ever. Going to take a quick break here and introduce you to another small business that is feeling the struggle during a global pandemic when we return. A lot of time during this show spent uh, just trying to help out and promote some of the great Hamilton restaurants, hospitality, and businesses that uh, have felt the crunch during a COVID-19 global pandemic. Uh, you, we certainly don't have to tell you. The news uh, stories are filled uh, with uh, with situations of, of people trying to struggle and get through all of this the best way that they possibly can. Uh, just talking with Julie Conway uh, of Living Rock, uh, trying to figure out how they can get their fundraiser Soup Fest going. And again, we, we experienced the same thing with the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign. Just can't do all of the big events that you normally would do that generate the revenue that you can give to these programs. And Soup Fest uh, obviously falling into the same category and, and, and doing a, a different version of Soup Fest uh, this year. Uh, and many have had to adapt, whether it's a charity, a restaurant, a personal training, what have you. Uh, let's bring in Brian Smith, owner of Catalyst, specialized personal training in Hamilton and is with us now. Brian. And thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. So explain uh, what Catalyst is all about and, and what you do and what you can't do now. Uh, we're pretty limited now. Well, we're a, a pretty specialized personal training studio, so we're open to a few members. But a lot of the clients that we see for personal training are, are more special populations, like people that are injured, who have chronic illnesses or, or severe movement issues. So this isn't like a, a basic gym sort of uh, per, per se. This is more people who are in some sort of rehab or trying to get back in shape. It is, yeah. We have a physiotherapy clinic that's connected to us and then also a massage therapy studio. So we all kind of work together to bring our clients back to good. So how has the pandemic uh, affected business? Uh, the first shutdown was was interesting. We didn't really go the, the virtual route. We decided to kind of rip down some old offices in the studio and just make some more space for, you know, when we eventually did reopen. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's how, and, and how did that work for you? Is, is it possible? I mean, uh, you got, would you be considered essential because of the service that you do provide? Uh, the physiotherapy clinic is essential. And so is the massage studio, but in, unfortunately uh, we don't have a college that fights for us, like physiotherapy and massage does. So it's kind right. of, it's a little bit harder. At the end of phase two last time, we were allowed to go back in just for one-on-one personal training, but it doesn't look like that's happening this time. So uh, right now, what can you, what can and can you not do? Can you, you cannot, you can have people in for those medical services, but you can't have others in. Is that accurate? Uh, as long as they're being seen by the physiotherapist. So they can come into the gym and use the gym space for training their patients. But as far as the personal trainers, yeah, we're kind of, you know, limited more online. And how many employees do you normally have? How many do you have now? Uh, we are pretty lucky. Our trainers are still with us. So we've got about five of us. And, uh, yeah, we're just kind of putting our heads down and kind of waiting for this to be over. And is that really what you do at this stage, Brian, is just uh, hope everything gets back to normal? Is there much you can do other than you've already done to, to try to stay open and make this all work? Well, initially, yeah, there was a lot of worry, but now it's, like it's completely out of our hands. Like we've messed up in the past. It's kind of put your nose to the grindstone and get to work. But this, you just kind of have to, to wait it out and see. Now you're in the sort of business where obviously people get injured and, and need to be and need rehab and such. Has that kept things moving for you as opposed to those that, that want to go to a gym, but unfortunately can't? Uh, it, we, we do have a few Zoom clients. It's just, it's really tough on a webcam or through a camera phone to, 
to see the smaller movements that we need to look at as far as yeah. the, the personal aspect of personal training goes. But uh, yeah, there's still a few. It's unfortunate because a lot of our clients kind of got away from bad eating and other bad habits and the other services that are essential, they're going a little more towards now, like LCBO and the cannabis stores, which is hmm. you know, a big regression for them. So it's, it's, it's definitely been tough. Uh, and and are, are you just hoping to come out the other side of this? When do you think things will get back to normal for you? It's really hard to say because it's not only like we've definitely been shut down, but for whatever reason now the reputation of gyms has kind of taken a hit too. So mm. even when we did open up last time, our members were a little more apprehensive to come back in, and it's hard to kind of say what the damage is going to be after this one, but fingers are crossed. Yeah, hoping that things are back to normal by the summer or fall once we hopefully get everyone vaccinated. They're talking about the end of September. How do you think that that will work for you? Uh, you know what? It's only time will tell. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. We even with the restrictions last time when we were limited to ten, it was fine because we had a few members in there and the trainers were still going and we could at least train the special populations that we have. So even if we open back up to a restriction, that kind of would make a little more sense. I feel. All right, website we can go to, Brian, to find out more uh, more of what your company is up to. Uh, the website's www.catalyst-spt.com. All right, Brian Smith has been with us, owner of Catalyst, specialized personal training uh, in Hamilton, uh, another one of the uh, many, many, many businesses who haven't been affected by COVID-19 and how they're adapting in order to continue to provide services. Brian, thanks so much for the time and insight. Good luck with all this moving forward. Thanks again, Todd. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brian Smith, owner of Catalyst, specialized personal training in Hamilton. And again, just trying to get a nod out to some of the businesses that are uh, that are feeling the pinch during COVID-19. If you're one of them, send us a note. Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900CHML.